It's time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM if you're in the Boston metro area. In fact, I was in the Boston metro area um, heading heading from the Mass Pike into Boston, and actually 100.3 came in pretty well. I um, was asked to go, see, I'm sort of on the D list at work sometimes for if they need somebody to go sit at a table. And uh, I was invited to the um, Sam Kennedy from the Red Sox, you know, because I'm such a big sports fan. They invited me to the Sam Kennedy roast. And okay, well, how did it that? It wasn't. What does that have to do with your job? Nothing. Nothing. Apparently, we <laughs> apparently because we're a, um, we're a Red Sox advertiser. We're asked, you know, we must have bought a table or something. Okay. So, so um, and considering, I don't know, it just, uh, I don't know anything about Sam Kennedy, but he seems to be like this, you know, straight shooter kind of, you know, he's a hard, pretty hard guy to make fun of. Uh, Mike Barnacle was there from, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and he was sort of the he he was supposed to be sort of the comic relief. About five minutes into his thing, he said, "Apparently, there's not a lot of baseball fans here." He tore up his speech and threw it away. Uh, so that didn't go over real. But the whole the event was actually to support the Whittier Health Center, which uh, does a lot of good stuff, and uh, so they they raised a lot of money for them, which is always a good thing. But uh, it was sort of interesting. We uh, it was at the uh, Copley Fairmont, and uh, I got there. Just about on time. Didn't know where to park. Valet out front pulled up. Valeted my car. Technically the Volkswagen, Joanne's car. And came out at 9 o'clock and handed the valet my ticket. And they're like, yeah, we don't know where your car is. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for it. It's uh, it's, in, it's in the uh, – we'll, we'll, find, we'll find it eventually. Uh it, they, it was only lost for about ten minutes. They didn't do too too bad, I guess. So, but it was lost, um, which I guess Did must Sarah happen. Bueller it? No, <laughs> I can't imagine. I think they just. Uh, I I came in on one side and I think they parked the car. I don't know. I don't know where it went. But it was sort of. It was. They said, uh, "Yeah, you know, we we uh, we didn't match the ticket to the car or something." I don't know. They had some. They had some silly story. <laughs> So. <laughs> and that's why I don't like valet parking. Yeah, I, and I was, um, I'm somebody who, well, obviously from here gets gets places early. Um, not a just on time person. I like to be someplace early, and I was a couple minutes early, um, and I just felt that oh, there's a valet. It's going to make it easy. We'll let them valet the car, and I'll be happy. But 
It didn't work that way. And in case you're keeping track, keeping score, I'm still car shopping. Um, I went to uh, I went to a Hyundai dealer up on Route 9 in Framingham, and that was an interesting experience. It was Wednesday night in the rain, and I have this certificate from Hyundai that would give me a couple hundred dollars off the car. And I'm also using um, AAA's car buying service, which... I'll, I'll, you know, behind the curtain of it, it's really true car. Um, it says AAA car buying, but it's really true car. And what it comes down to is even with the sort of friends and family discount at Hyundai, it's about the same price as the true car price. So I go into the Hyundai dealer, and the certificate's actually made out to me and them. So I go in, and I had a 7.30 appointment. And it's pouring rain Wednesday night. Go in. And uh, I said, yeah, I have an appointment for 730. Uh, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll be right with you. And, you know, come in and sit down. And they said, uh, well, what can we do? I said, well, I just want to know how much the car is really going to cost. You know, this is the model. I'm looking for a base model, Hyundai Santa Fe, all-wheel drive, not red or black. Other than that, I'm pretty flexible to whatever you have. Yeah, yeah, have a seat. So he takes my certificate, goes to sales manager or F&I guy or something, and I walk over, and they seem to be staring at it, looking all confused. And I walk over, and I go, is there a problem? Is there something, something I can help you with? No, I can read. And I'm like, okay, then. So I'm sitting there still. The sales guy comes back. I would have walked. Um, <laughs> comes back again. And I said, you know, is there a problem? I can, you know, maybe explain what this is. And the guy goes, yeah, I'm all set, my man. I said, my man? <laughs> I don't think so. So they went back and forth a little bit, came up with some price, and I, I was like, just wasn't wasn't a warm, friendly feeling, oh, i got to tell you. Where was this? Uh, a Hyundai dealership. That's, uh, yeah, that's all, uh, okay. yeah, Route that's 9 in Framingham. Okay. So then yesterday, late yesterday, uh, I was on my way home from work, and I stopped at the Hyundai dealership in Rockland. Prime Hyundai. And I walked in and I said, uh, and they, they were texting me back and forth because whenever you do the true yeah. car thing, within seconds your phone rings. And uh, I said, you know, I'll try to get there between 5 and 6 because I'm going to be in Boston and depending on traffic, between 5 and 6. So I walk in and they, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we knew you were coming in. I said, they said, well, let me go get the car. I said, I don't really want to. Just tell me how much it's going to cost. Is this the price? Is there something I'm missing? Is there a, you know, in the included price, is there an Uber discount from an Uber driver? Because there is. You know, is it, is that, is the really good price include military discount, recent college graduate, Uber pricing, all that stuff? And I just said, I just want to know how much it's going to cost. And they said it's going to be, you know, $22,400. I said, okay, that's really all I want to know. They, well, do you want to see the car? And I'm like, you can bring it around if you want, but it's not really necessary. I, and uh, and then at some point, the sales manager says to me, um, do you work for Infinity? And I said, no, why? Well, my uh, the general manager saw the car out front with the manufacturer plate on it. And I said, yeah, it's Infinity's car, but I don't work for Infinity. And they're like, what do you do? I said, stuff. You know, you know. <laughs> and uh, I work for a living, <laughs> and and I'm like, um, 
No, this is just, you know, we're just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to figure out. If, and they gave, they like gave me a printout of the car, gave me a price. And they said, this is what it's going to cost. And then I said, how about the documentation fee? Oh, boy. And they're like, well, yeah, it's $495. And I'm, nope. like, and I'm like, I just don't want to pay that. And they're like, everybody's got to pay it. I went, you know it's such nonsense. And they're like, well, you know, everybody's got to pay it. That's how it works. And I'm like, I just don't want to pay it. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see if I have to pay it or not, Whether they're, how, how flexible they And they're not supposed to. I mean, absolutely they're not supposed to. If they charge you, they have to charge me. That's why it's pre-printed in the sales agreement. But can they take $500 off the price of the car? They can. Mm-hmm. But I will say there isn't a whole lot of wiggle room in their profit margin at the price they're selling them for. So, well, we'll have to, we'll wait and see. The good thing is I'm not in any hurry to buy a car. You know, I have a, I have a, a, a two-year-old car and a, well, it's almost three years old now, three-year-old car and an 11-year-old car, and they both seem to be fine. So, in fact, the, the three-year-old car, the, the Volkswagen, next week, I thought it was going to be this week, but next week, um, I'm going to have Paul Clark from Paul Clark Volkswagen on because they have a couple of good things going on. They're taking some of the old diesels and they're actually bringing them back to life and they're reselling them and they're supposed to be a really good price. And I want to find out about that. And also, um, they have the new Volkswagen Jetta that just came in, the 2019 Jetta. And everybody says how good a car it is. And I want to find out a little bit more about that. So, last week, somebody was looking for a um, good uh, uh detail shop or reconditioner and uh, our buddy paul said paul's auto body on center street is a good place to uh, for detailing in the quincy area uh very good service from them so if you're looking for a detail shop paul's auto body and also my co-workers are in riverside rhode island today it's really east providence for these the snobs the snobs of east providence that Riverside, uh, Riverside, Rhode Island. It's a village of East Providence. Okay. But people who live there like to call it Riverside. Okay. Yeah. Um, Rhode, Rhode Island is 39 cities and towns, mm-hmm. but there's little tiny and villages, villages and all over the place. And, you know, somebody said to me, well, I live in Merrillville. I'm like, what the heck's Merrillville? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a neighborhood in North Providence. It's just okay. it's, it's funny. But anyway, um, Safe Kids Day is today. And that is uh, taking place at Ten River Road in Riverside. Uh, it is a uh, it's the new AAA fleet building and AAA office. But they're giving away car seats today. They're giving away booster seats. So um, it's going to be taking place from ten to three. Um, you'll probably see it on Facebook. You just Google or uh, Facebook search Safe Kids Rhode Island. You'll come up with the information. But it's from uh, ten to three today, and they have a bunch of uh, bunch of seats they need to give away. So. You can check that out, too. Um, and then the other thing I noticed when I was out in kind of in the public service announcement realm today, I noticed here in the office is a sign that says um, Saturday, April 28th, there's a prescription drug take-back event. It's uh, hosted by Plymouth County Outreach in collaboration with um, the Plymouth County something or other. Sheriff's Department? Uh, PYDC. I'm not sure what that is. But also meet uh, NHL hockey player Kevin Stevens. 
we know him from a, the radio show here. But this is sort of uh, drug take-back day all across the Commonwealth. And, they, and a lot of places have the metal boxes. They'll take them back anytime. But if you have some old pharmaceuticals kicking around, they don't take needles, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have old EpiPens. Yeah. I don't know what to do with them. Um, I really don't. Bury them in the backyard with your nuclear waste. <laughs> I don't know. Do something with yeah. them. I can't. I can't drop my EpiPens off at the at the police station when I want to get rid of them yeah. because there's no needles. You could. You and could, it specifically says no EpiPens. Yeah. I wonder if you could bring them to a hospital. I mean, they have sharps containers at hospitals. So. Yeah. Well, those sharps containers are a lot smaller for. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> an EpiPen. Have you seen an EpiPen? I can show it to you right now if no. you want me to. What are you allergic to? Bees. 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 Well. Watch out for bees. We don't have them in the studio. There's a dead hornet. It's been in the window there for like for 10, 11 years, years now. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was at a distracted driving event uh, the other day, yesterday. That's why I was in Boston. And I ran into an uh, old co-worker, now head of DOT, Art Kinsman, um, a pediatrician from Falmouth uh, who does a lot with child pasture safety, and Dan Strollo from In Control Advanced Driver Training, the In Control Family Foundation. Love and, that place. And he said, how's Crash doing? <laughs> and I said, well, it's funny. Dennis is actually back back working with me again. And he's like, really? <laughs> and he said, uh, how's he doing? I said, he's doing good. I said, I, I think everything you taught him has stuck. It has. So he's still, still doing well with it. I love so. that place. Hey, uh, uh, there's a new law in Rhode Island on June 1st. And it's going to require, if you have a cell phone, to not hold it in your hand anymore. You have to use it hands-free. And um, you can mount it in a holder. You can use Bluetooth if you have a Bluetooth-style car, earpiece, whatever the case is. But with us on the phone is Isaac Kopalovitz. He's the chief marketing officer for DE World for the GRIP, an all-in-one cell phone mount. Isaac, good morning. We all know that talking on the phone or texting is both dangerous and in some cases illegal, but you brought to market a really unique product that may help keep drivers safe. Tell us about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the, all the mounting options that are included are what really set this mount apart from the rest of the mounts out there. The grip only one features six mounting options from a telescope suction, a vent clip, a CD slot, and a universal adhesive mount. It, it creates an all-in-one experience. It truly allows you to mount your phone virtually anywhere in your car at any time. And I've seen, I guess, this type of mount of one kind or another, but I've, you're right, I've never seen it all made together before. Yeah, you, you, can, you can think that you want it as a suction for your windshield or for your dashboard, and then when you buy a product like ours and you receive all these other components in there, it really gives you the flexibility to find out which position and where in the car is the safest for you. You know, we don't necessarily know what's safe for us when we're shopping. You know, we, we see something, we're buying it because it's nice. This has a real function to it. This will give you everything that you need. There are no mounts like it that have this entire package included. It's yeah. a really unique purpose. It, it really package. is. I, I use yeah. a magnetic mount in my car. It's a uh, yeah. magnet that uh, you, uh, you put part of it in the vent, and the other part you have to attach a piece of metal to the phone, which... Yeah. On the surface, sounded like a pretty good idea, but then I have a piece of metal attached to my phone. And the other thing I didn't realize until I was using it one winter day, you can't put a phone in front of a warm vent. It shuts the phone off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, so it, it truly depends on the environment and the situation. And, and like you said, any day you can have different temperatures and can affect your, your ability to mount it where you thought might be the best place. Right. And one of the other things, and, and kind of why I wanted to talk to you a little bit, in Rhode Island, our neighboring state, uh, June 1st, they're going to have a handheld phone ban that's going to go into place. And yeah. one of the things that's going to count for this is they're going to, more or less the way I read the law, they're going to allow you to touch your phone once. So you're not going to be able to yes. be actively holding your phone. And it has to be mounted somewhere. And the biggest growing part of the fleet across the country now is older cars and a lot of and most older cars have don't have bluetooth and they don't have apple carplay yep. and they don't have android auto this is true. but if you have a smartphone or not but most of the most of the public about 85 percent have smartphones now and if you mount it in a cradle of some sort you are satisfying the hands-free law and this yeah. is one system that really allows it to be mounted sturdily and um, with a little bit of variety, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, uh, like you just said, you had a, a magnetic mount. This, the padding on this mount and the arms, they grab your phone into such a safe position that, you know, I, I hate to say this, but unfortunately, one of every four car accidents in the United States, they're caused by texting and driving. You know, we yep. depend on our phones, like you said. We, we use it for navigation and to keep us connected to everything in our lives. You know, we can easily get distracted while on the road, and by simply mounting your phone, you're creating a safe environment. You're putting it somewhere, and it reminds you that your phone is dangerous, and you're driving a car. So just by putting it there, it puts you into a different mindset. You yeah, know, so I mean, it, it I, creates a safe environment. Yeah. Ideally, we'd like people to put it in their glove compartment, but that, but we know, <laughs> but we know people are not going to do that. And I think yeah, there's yeah. a there's a national TV commercial right now, and it kind of it's uh, you know it's a, a guy who I don't know I don't really understand the premise behind it, but essentially the person's phone falls under the front seat of their car, they go reaching for it, and oh, and they and they crash afterwards, and and yeah. you know the the actor plays the phone, I guess. Or but the whole point mm -hmm. is. I, you know, that probably happens a lot more than we think, that someone has their phone either mounted in a cradle or they have it mounted somewhere or they have it balancing in a cup holder. The thing falls between yep. the seat. They hear their phone ring and they go fishing for it. And next thing you know, they're they're doing anything but driving and, and they run into something. So like you said, a lot of crashes today happen because of texting. And uh, you'll hear you'll hear this phrase coming up in the future don't drive intoxicated i'm not going to yes. take i'm not going to take credit for that one but uh but it is something and you're right we want people to pay attention we want them to have their hands on the wheel their eyes on the road and if they are going to drive with their phone and we know people are going to do that put it in a put it in a safe holder and your yes. your device looks like it's got to be one of the best ones on the market Thank you, thank you. You know, we currently did an exclusive launch of this product. They're currently available at all Verizon wireless stores nationwide, and they're being sold for twenty nine ninety nine. So for what you're getting in this, in this package, it's truly, truly a great deal. Yeah, I, I have seen some cell phone holders that sell for 2 or $3, and you get your 2 or $3 worth. Um, yeah, this well, we, we, put our, we put our effort in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, it—I mean—it looks like it was designed for an engineer. What, uh, what, what brought you to develop this or market it, or how how that come how that come about? So yeah, so it, it's really because of the safe driving aspect. You know, we're in the electronics industry. We've been doing this stuff for the past fifteen years. 
Um, there are tons of mountains out there, and we wanted to get into this category, but we needed to make it something that's actually safe. I think that a lot of people that we know have been affected by somebody texting and driving or either they got a ticket while talking on the phone and driving. Yep. So it's in, our, it's, our, it's in our forefront. We know it's dangerous. We know it's not safe. So when we're going to create a product, we want to put all the safety aspects into it. You know, things that are in cars get tested tons of tons of times. Why shouldn't the mountain? So we did the same thing. You know, we've tested it. We've changed it. We've modified it. And it created the grip all in one. Yeah. No, the grip the grip looks like a great thing. And currently you said it is only available through uh, AT&T stores, right? Uh, no, no, no. And the Verizon oh, Verizon stores. stores, yeah. Yes, Verizon Wireless Nationwide. We did an exclusive with them so that we have the proper launch of the product. We feel very confident. And uh, we're great partners of Verizon. So it, it, it was a perfect fit. Yeah. They're available today. Yeah. And you know, hey, John. Yeah. The EU World, the company behind this amazing product, we want to support Rhode Island's new rollout of this handheld phone band, and we want to give you 12 free mounts for you to give out to your listeners. Oh, that'd be terrific. I, yeah. I was I was going to give the one away that I had, so this is <laughs> this is even better. So you keep that you keep that one for yourself. I want you to drive safe. All right. Well, that that's terrific, and we'll we'll figure out how to get those, and uh, you can figure out how to how to get them out to me, and we'll we'll take care of that. Awesome. We'll take I'll care of you tomorrow next day. They were terrific. Uh, they, thank you. That's very generous of you, and I, I truly appreciate thank that. You, and again, thank this you. is I appreciate what we're doing here. You're bringing awareness to something that's a very serious topic, yeah. and it, it's it's a small gesture, but everybody has to hear it loud. You got to drive safe. You got to be careful out there, and and I really appreciate what you're doing out there. No, Thank you. No, that's terrific. And if people want to find out more information about the grip mount, uh, besides going to their local Verizon store, uh, do you guys have a website where they can find out a little yes. bit more about it? Yes. www.watchmegrip.com. It's it's a it's a it's a great website title. I'll say that. So well, make sure you remember it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, hey, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning thank and join us up here in no, Boston. Thank you. And uh, we'll I appreciate we'll, it. we'll we'll make sure we we get people safe. Uh, just the idea of hearing this is going to help make people safe, and then we're going to uh, yeah. make a dozen people really happy at the same time. So this is great. I appreciate it, yeah, of course. Uh, all right, thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, so thank have you. A great one. Hey, all righty. All right, take care. Why don't we take a quick break, pay some bills, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll be somebody who win one of these grips. We'll have to figure out what to do with them. We'll be right back. You're listening to WROL, AM, and FM. We'll be right back. Yeah, sure.
Mustang Sally rendition there reminds me that, uh, and Dennis forwarded it to me first off this week, has decided in the next few years that 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 <laughs> no more no more Ford sedans except for the Mustang. Well, Ford, and, uh, and and some, uh, some new little crossover f- thing. Yeah, and a f- one of the Focus. Well, they're calling it the. Fo- it's going to be a Focus crossover. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not even going to be a regular Focus. So, it's um, so they've decided no more Tauruses, no more Fusions. Um, I think it's a mistake. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, right now, yeah, SUVs are, are you king. know, yeah, but still, uh, gas prices are only going up. Still, with an SUV, you're not going to get Fusion or Focus like fuel economy. Uh, Ford just uh, introduced a new Eco Sport or Echo Echo Sport. I don't know. Eco, uh, Eco, one or the other. Yeah. Um, with the Echo Boost engine. Eco, Eco Boost Eco engine. Boost engine. Echo Sport with the Eco Boost. Uh, one of those. And uh, you know, it makes it sound like well, that might that they might keep. Um, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how thoughtful this is, but it's interesting that when. The government was bailing out Chrysler and GM. Ford didn't take the bailout money. Correct. But they also had the world's largest yard sale and sold everything they had. Jaguar, Land Rover, Aston Martin, their junkyard business. Their, I mean, they had business line after business line that all went up for sale, which kept them afloat without getting government money. And they're still not doing that well, apparently, because this is a, this is a major cost-cutting uh, thing and I remember when they dropped the Crown Victoria and everybody was sort of upset that that happened and they said well we're only selling 80,000 a year or something like that 80,000 is still for some car companies is still a lot of cars to sell on top of everything else and yeah they managed around that um, with uh, the Taurus got a little bit bigger a little more comfortable more rear seat room but just the idea that um a lot of people buy four Tauruses because they want a big or mid-size or larger four-door sedan that you can put five people in if you have to and has a good-sized trunk. And they like the idea of a sedan, and they don't want an SUV. There are people who just don't want SUVs. And I don't know how smart a move this was. So, And add to that, there's still a lot of fleets that buy Ford products. Yeah, like absolutely. The, I mean, I understand lately even the police forces are now starting to move to SUVs. Because they're more, there's more space and there's more, they're more utilitarian. Like, yeah. There's more utility for them. They can go. Right. Don't have to worry about going off road yeah. in certain the, places. But the um, yeah, and Joanne's phone is going off yeah. on the studio here. Yeah. Just so that that's what that sound is. Yeah. In case you were wondering. <laughs> um, but 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 you're right, and and one of the reasons they went to SUVs was. The space, but one of the things they don't like about them, they don't handle as well as the sedan. Correct. And they actually, with the state police, for instance, they had to go and retrain them, uh, take the troopers that were driving cars and into SUVs, and teach them they're going to handle differently. 
Um, they're going to need to. They need. They're going to need to uh, approach uh, corners differently. They're going to need to uh, approach turns differently. So it is going to be a different way of driving. So, um, so there is, you know, and the public will have to do that as well. So, you know, all of a sudden now we're going to be left with if you want a four-door sedan, you are going to be buying a Toyota, right? You are going to be buying a Honda, and GM has started to look at similar. Uh, things. I mean, there's a rumor in 2020 that GM's actually getting rid of several of their cars as well. So, be interesting to see how this is going to go. But yet, in Europe, cars and five-door hatchbacks are the popular vehicle, and it's not just because you know some people say, "Well, it's the small roads." No, it's not just the small roads. People people like them. In fact, um, Jaguar came out with a um, with a. Uh, uh, they called it a shooting brake. It's a station wagon. Uh, and because they sell so well in Europe, they're going to try to sell them here. So I, I don't know I don't know what the thought is on all of that. But it's just they're shooting themselves in the foot. Or, yeah, they're shooting themselves in the foot because right now the trend is the, um, is the SUV. Just yeah. like it was in the late 90s, yep. early aughts, whatever you want to call it. Um, also, like, think back to the 70s when everybody was buying station wagons. Right. There was still... I mean, there were still other cars on the road, but station wagons were king, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't affecting other types of sales, right. but they still went forward with it. I, I just I don't understand the logic behind cutting out a huge marketplace, because I know like an old older generation, uh, older people don't want um, SUVs. They, they want they, they want the nice. They they either, they either want a sedan. The one thing that some people have, some people don't want them just because they don't want them. Um, some folks, as you get a little bit older and it gets harder to get in and out of a car, sometimes an SUV is a good choice, providing it's the right SUV. Um, a Ford Explorer is not the right SUV for a lot of people. A Ford Escape might not be the right SUV for a lot of people um, because you have to worry about things, blind spots and other issues. And you can, you know, even though they put backup cameras in a bunch of cars um, and they're going to be mandatory now. I thought they were already mandatory. No, nah, this year, actually. Okay. It's uh, June, I think. So, um but it, it's it's not it's not the answer. Well, we have a grip mount to give away, and I think we're going to do it just randomly. Oh, okay. So that works. Yeah. How about and and also would like to hear about what you think about Ford discontinuing their, their sedan sales, or if you have a question about your car. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us. And by the way, I. Got a note from uh, the Bay State Antique Auto Club, uh, John Diamond's folks, uh, the reminding me that their antique auto show at the Endicott Estate is coming. Yeah, Endicott Estate. And where is, is the Endicott Estate? In Dedham, Mass. Um, I, I got confused there because there's Endicott College. There's Endicott College. Which also has a car show. Yes. Which is in Beverly. But uh, this is in the Endicott Estate. State. In Dedham. And it's going to be taking place on July 8th from 7 a.m. to 2. So uh, if you if you have a car or you like cars or you want to go see cars, this is where you go see them. So phones are ringing. Not sure why, but phones are ringing. We'll see why. And uh, but we're going to give away we're going to give away a grip mount. And I. Th- We'll let Dennis decide how to give it away. I don't know. Maybe that's what we should do. But our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. 
And Audi issued a recall uh, this week on more than 350,000 cars and crossover SUVs in the U.S. An electric coolant pump in the vehicles can overheat and present a fire risk. The recall covers 2013 to 2016 A4s, 2013 to 2017 A5s, 2012 to 2015 A6s, uh, Q5 from 2013 to 2017, and it's not quite, uh, it has to do with the turbocharged 2-liter engine. It's not clear if the same engine is used in certain Volkswagen products may also be subject to a recall. Um, Although no fires have been reported, the automaker told NHTSA that the pumps at issue can become blocked with debris from the cooling system and that moisture that builds up inside the pump can result in an electrical short. Audi recalled the same vehicles last year for a software update. Audi reported in NHTSA Tuesday that the updates did not fix the issue and that the problems continued. I don't know how you fix a mechanical issue with a fuel pump, a water pump, when then you have to replace the pump. Sounds like it's get blocks with debris. Software isn't going to fix it. So how are we going to give away, Mr. Producer, Mr. Executive Producer, how are we going to give away the script mount? Want to do well, random number, like six caller? I just decided that I'm going to give it to one of our longtime callers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't actually ever call in to win anything, so he mentioned that he could give it to someone who could use it. So we're going to give it to Rick in Boston today. All right. There we I go. That's then, Rick's, then Rick's the winner. Good enough. Go. Yep. All right. Well, Just, um, do we have we, we have Rick on the phone? Um, yeah. Let's talk to Rick first, and then we'll we'll get okay. I'll get his right. information while okay. you talk to the All right. other. Okay. Let's see where Rick is. Rick Good. is is that you? Yeah, that's me. And actually, the question that I had for you is that um, you know motorcycles are getting out more. It, it, you know, the weather's getting better. We're getting more riders out there. And just out of curiosity, if you're stopped at a light behind a car, how far does the exhaust kick out? So you How far do you have to be behind the car so you're not breathing their exhaust? Uh, 350,000 miles. 350,000 miles. Yeah. Okay, then yeah. I guess I'm tailgating. Yeah. Um, I will let you know that if you're if you are actually tailgating, if you're behind a car, you know, bumper to bumper traffic, it that's actually enough that's close enough where it can actually raise the temperature of your car. So in other words, you're cooling your radiator. If you have a car, you're cooling yeah. your radiator with the hot air that comes from the exhaust of the car in front of you. So I would say if you got if you stay back you know, 15, 15 or 20 feet, you're, the, the exhaust is pretty much going to disperse. But if you're somebody who stays right on the bumper of the car in front of you, and I actually parked two cars next to each other and then started one up and actually saw the, the, the uh, air temperature of the car behind it actually go up because it was being because of the hot air coming from the exhaust in front of it and the lack of airflow around it. So I would say if you got back, you know, 15 or 20 feet, you'd be fine. Okay, I just you know kind of wondering because you know um, when you stop for a light, you know the, you yeah. know nobody's moving, and you're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I was just you know the good the good thing is the good thing is it's only carbon dioxide that's no actually it's carbon monoxide that's going to kill you. Never mind. 
but there's very little there's very little hydrocarbons there's not a lot of hydrocarbons coming out of tailpipes and and there is carbon monoxide coming out of tailpipes but it is pretty minimal um, but still you don't want to you don't want to be you don't want to be breathing you know too much of it but it is dispersing in the air so if this was if this was 50 years ago cars it, well in fact back in I want to say it was back in 2000 we did an experiment um, where we took 50 1965 cars and one current year car and we found out that the um, no the other way around I'm sorry 50 current year cars and one 1965 car and the 65 car was actually putting out more air pollution than the 50 new cars so cars have gotten that much cleaner but still you don't want to you know still exhaust is exhaust so unless you're going to be behind a, an electric car or a hydrogen car that's only going to put out pure water um, yeah, you know, leave, leave, leave 10, 15, 20 feet between you and the car in front of you. Well, I don't think it's going to work at a stoplight, but, uh, thanks for the information. Well, you know, or, or just don't breathe. I thought of you yesterday. I was, I was driving into Boston and I, I saw an Indian in front of me and I was, you know. An Indian motorcycle? Indian motorcycle, okay. yes. Yes. <laughs> so there are other listeners that might not understand what's yeah. going on. Indian there. motorcycle, <laughs> yes. Yes, I saw an Indian motorcycle in front of me and, and, uh. And I was, uh, I kind of pulled up, pulled up. He was in the right lane. I pulled up in the middle. And I went, no, that doesn't look like Rick. So, but uh, it's a good looking bike. Oh yeah, they are. They are really nice looking bikes in it. And um, uh, for at least it's got more snob appeal than a, a Honda or a Kawasaki does. But uh, I suppose. You know, I suppose. But you still, some people say say it's not a bike unless it's a Harley. So. No, well, that's that's. That's only that's only Harley people say that. Rick, stay right there. Uh, Dennis will get down your name and address, and uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll send you out the grip out. Okay. Well, okay. Thank you. I, All right. I, sure thing. That's a family member. All right. Great. We want to keep yeah. people safe. All right. Yeah. Uh, Dennis will take care of Rick. Then we'll go over to Paul. Paul, is that you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it is. Just, yeah. Thank check. You. Make sure. Yeah. I was gonna do that, yeah. but I just yeah. said no. Yeah. Uh, let me check. Feel Larry Glick. Uh, I was calling about something else but listening to the fellow before uh, about exhaust fumes why is it nine times out of ten if I'm behind a Chrysler product I have I smell that rotten egg smell coming through the car hmm well, is the, it something in in their uh, I always know it you know I smell it and I say oh yeah it's uh, whatever yeah Chrysler product in front of hmm. me yeah I mean uh, anytime you well I shouldn't say this 99% of the time when you smell that rotten egg smell, it's because the catalytic converter can't process the amount of fuel that's going through it. And that's what tends to give you that um, sulfur smell. Occasionally, you'll get a bad catalytic converter that'll do that, or you'll get a pump that's not working properly. That On older cars, it was designed to inject air into the exhaust stream and kind of do the same thing. But in most cases, it's usually because the car isn't running properly. Now, I don't know if, I, I you know, I, Chrysler's don't inherently run bad, so it's not like that's the reason why it's happening. Uh, but it's interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to pay a little bit of attention to see if I notice the same thing. But, um, hmm. I, I, I don't have the opportunity to ask anybody, and it just just occurred to me that yeah, no, I, I noticed that. No. Uh, as to Ford. You know, I mean, this is kind of the reverse, this is the reverse of of, of uh, 
of producing a car. Uh, I think Ford, the last Ford time Ford made a mistake like this, they made the Edsel. And this is kind of the reverse of that. We're not going to make the Edsel at whatever, you know. I, I just think that, you know, they're cutting out a large segment. They're certainly giving it over to the Japanese and the Koreans, and if you can afford it, the Germans. Uh, but uh, it, you know, on, on the face of it, when, when gas is two seventy nine, two eighty cents a gallon now, um, you know, I, I, I remember we had the gas crisis and seeing old, Olds, well, they weren't old at the mm. time. Uh, Oldsmobile Tornados sitting on the um, on the uh, dealer's lot mm-hmm. because they were, you know, huge gas guzzlers. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Ford just really didn't think this thing out. Yeah, I, because everything's everything's somewhat s- cyclical. And I remember when I bought in two thousand three when I bought a, my first small SUV. One of the reasons I got a good deal on it was um, gas was expensive. Nobody sure. really wanted SUVs. And, um, you know, between 2003 and 2007 or so, um, you know, gas started going up and up and up. And in 2007, it was sort of the same way. Um, when I bought my current Hyundai Santa Fe, it was the same deal. It was actually um, nobody nobody was – everybody was thinking, no, Prius. We better, better go out and buy a Prius. And the idea that they're going to – and you never know how things are going to change, but the idea that they're going to say, no, SUVs are the way to go and these sedans aren't, the idea that the sedans aren't is because they're not as profitable as an SUV. But I think the buying public, especially if, you know, we start to see gas that could hit, you know, $3 a gallon before it maybe goes the other way, people are going to start to wonder, you know, was this a good idea? And I just did a quick little survey of the parking lot here, and there's probably 25 cars in the parking lot. And out of those 25, uh, admittedly, probably 15 of them are, are some sort of SUV or truck. But there's also 10 of them are, are cars. So, you know, people still buy sedans. And even though an SUV is handy for certain things, it's not the perfect vehicle for everybody if they don't need it. So it's a it's um, it's a box. It's not very aerodynamic. Um it doesn't handle as well. It doesn't stop as well. It's, uh, like we said, not as fuel efficient. So a lot of reasons you look at it and go, eh, maybe this isn't the best idea. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think to come out and just say this when you have companies like Jaguar and Land Rover that say, we're going to continue building the vehicles we build and we're going to build more of them. But what we're going to do is we're going to make them more fuel efficient and we're going to have... Just we're going to have every one of our cars available in some form of a hybrid, including our sports car. Um, that to me makes more sense than saying um, we're going to stop. We're going to stop selling sedans because they're not profitable and people aren't buying them the way they should. Now, granted, a lot of people buy buy what the manufacturers are selling, but eventually people go. There's other options, and you know, I'll go buy. You know, I'll go buy a Chrysler. I'll go buy, like you said, a Toyota. Or I'll go buy a, I'll go buy a Hyundai or a Kia, or I'll go buy a Audi or a BMW. I guess this means they're not going to bring back the Thunderbird anytime uh, soon. I, I guess not. I guess not. Yeah, and, and and this, you know, for you know the 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 talk right now with manufacturing is the word agility. I guess that's the new buzzword. And you know, manufacturers have to be agile in what they think the public buying public wants that it's hard to be agile in the car business when you have to when you have to certify it for emissions when you have to crash test it and it takes even in today's world it takes three to five years to from design to 
deployment of a vehicle. So it's pretty hard to be agile and go, you know what? Uh, yeah, people are buying SUVs and we're making some money at them. But it sounds like Ford wants to go from being a big car company to a s smaller, and, and maybe they're right, you know, go from a big, huge car company to a smaller, more profitable one. But it's sort know. of, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think they have their customers' best interest in mind. As as to gas mileage, uh, I was at the aforementioned place getting my car washed the other day, and um, Paul's auto buddy. The uh, and someone pulled in with uh, a 1956 Pontiac Chieftain convertible in white with a coral stripe in it. He had just picked it up. He had bought it from from. Um, um, the major auction house that skipped my mind here uh, in Miami Beach. Some, oh, okay. Some fellow, and he had it apparently shipped up, um, mm. and it was look. I came off the showroom floor. The thing was absolutely had the top down. Mm. Um, I don't know if the quality of the paint is different. You never see. I mean, of course, there's probably more metal on one fender than four cars today. But the the the, the paint was just so so smooth. Um, it. Um, I asked a fellow, uh, Barrett Jackson, he bought it from yep. Barrett Jackson. Some fellow was liquidating his uh, car collection, and he sold everything for $12 million. That's kind of the punchline. So mm. he, whether it was Jay Leno or someone, I don't know. I don't think, but, I don't, I don't think Jay Leno ever sells anything. But Yeah, yeah. this thing was a 1956 Pontiac Chieftain convertible. Uh, thing You didn't realize, I grew up in that era, how large that car was. Um, looked really comfortable. Um, I asked him. He didn't really care about the gas mileage. Yeah, you know? but uh, yeah, he's not going to drive it enough to really care about the gas mileage. So yeah, I, I guess. But you know, um, great looking car. You know, and uh, I guess they're not going to they're not going to bring that style back anytime soon. Um, but it, um, you know, I guess if you have the money, I did ask what the fellow paid for it. But it probably didn't. It, it was I don't mechanically. I don't know how it was, but. Yep. From the outside, it was just perfect. Right? No, I mean, between, you know, Barrett-Jackson and Meekum and all the other auction houses, um, there there can be some good there can be some good values in there. I know years back I had, uh, I, had um, I think it was the Jackson of Barrett-Jackson on the show, and we talked about uh, televising the events, and I said, it seems to me that the prices go up when the cameras go on. And he said it's definitely a factor that um, people with a lot of money want to show off for their friends on television. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, but but uh, the same thing. It's like some of those are even in Washington now. But yeah. <laughs> yeah well, uh, but it's the same. It's the same thing that um, that that market can change. Uh, the the '50s '60s market with uh, with American cars is still pretty strong, but. There are some cars kind of at the fringe of whether it's, you know, exotics or not, that people have lost, you know, literally thousands and in some cases, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You know, they bought a car high and all of a sudden it's just worth what it's worth. And you look at it and you go, you know, there's a guy there's a guy who paid $100,000 for a car and then all of a sudden sold it for sixty five because that's all the market would bring. You know, doing it the other way around is great when you can do it, but it doesn't always happen that way. I'm well, not in the market. I can just look at least. Yeah, it's so. it's always fun to look. That's the best. That's yeah, the best it doesn't cost so, me anything. Yeah, it so, doesn't, uh, doesn't but, cost a look. It doesn't. And then sometimes you you learn. I one of the one of the reasons I like going to car shows is if there is a particular model that I'm looking at, I really do actually enjoy 
talking to the people and saying, what did you find? How did you, what did you learn about this particular car um, that maybe you wouldn't, would or wouldn't do it again? Uh, was it, you know, was it a car that you found out that, you know, every one of these, you know, a part of the frame rotted out, there was a part of the body that rotted out, or somebody did a poor repair on it, and uh, it's coming back to haunt you now, but it's the same repair that gets done all the time. Um, uh and he's been on the program before, Craig Fitzgerald. Uh, Craig, yep. Craig Fitzgerald bought a Corvair a year or so ago, and he was going to replace a valve cover gasket in it. And now he ended up uh, rebuilding the engine because um, it started off with an oil leak and worked into uh, worked into bigger problems after that. So, so you know, and that's what happens with old cars, and that's where you can sometimes learn from people when when you're out shopping, at, you know, shopping and find it out. So, you know, if I was going to go buy an Edsel, I'd buy, I'd talk to Peter from Salem, find out, you know, what should I look for and what should I, what should I be afraid of? And what should I be happy if I find, uh, finding somebody who knows the cars is really, is really important. That's what you can learn at car shows. And would, would you think it used to be the big three, uh, Ford, Plymouth and Chevrolet. Do you think that now, uh, Chevrolet, the GM division, uh, will, will pick up where, where Ford left off and, 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 and really stress, um, uh, passenger cars, the Impala, the no, uh, the uh, 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 Mal- Malibu, or yeah, Malibu, I, yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, GM is still GM is still run by accountants instead of yeah, you know, and I think that's part of the problem. And then like Cadillac, you know, every, you know, and you know, love people say you know you have Cadillac taste and you know. You know, Chevrolet budget or something. You know, or or you know, that's the Cadillac of something. You know, Cadillacs have not been good cars in a long while. And no. you know, moving the Cadillac office from Detroit to New York so they could be involved with fashion and trends did not do anything for the sales of Cadillac and didn't didn't do anything for the style of Cadillac. And now they just got rid of the guy who was running Cadillac and they're moving they're moving Cadillac back to Detroit because it wasn't going well. So. Uh, you know, it, you, and I guess if you own a you know ridiculously huge corporation, you have to care about your shareholders. But still, you got to make sure you sell good stuff. So, I you know I when I was a kid, I was always a Chevy guy. That was you know I, I loved Chevrolet products and you know I, and I don't know why, but I just did. And I still I still have a certainly have a soft spot for GM products. I was driving a GMC pickup truck last week. It's an awful nice truck. Um, whether it stays together, that you know, time will tell on that. But there, there, you know, I I don't know whether GM looks at this and says, I think Ford's making a mistake. Let's really try to fortify our sedan market. Um, get rid of, you know, maybe get rid of some of the stuff that wasn't doing that well. But you know, really, you know, the Impala and the Malibu are actually really nice cars. They tend to they be a little on the pricey. Nicer than the Cadillac. Yeah, I think. yeah, they I mean, tend to be a little bit, a little bit pricey. But if all of a sudden they're the only game in town, um, if I wanted a sedan and it was a, a Taurus or an Impala, and they're not going to make Tauruses anymore, and even if they're not going to make Tauruses in two years, why would I buy one now just to know that it's going to be worth nothing in two years because they don't make them anymore? Well, you know, Ford may live up to its old moniker, which used to be "found on road dead." <laughs> I, you know, I hope, you know, I, I, you know, I felt bad when Pontiac went away and when Oldsmobile went away. I'm not so bad with Saturn because I, I didn't have a lot of, con- but these old time names that that have been around forever, and the idea that Ford may turn into whatever it's going to turn into. I, I, like I said, you have to be agility as part of it, but I think. 
not forgetting why you were in the business to start off with, I think, is important. So, well, all right. Well, we solved we, all the world's problems today. So, yeah, uh, that's right. All right, take care, Paul. Thank you very much. Yep. Bye bye. Let's talk to Mike and Hingham. Uh, good morning. How are you doing, guys? Good. How are you? Very good. Uh, just a question, a comment, and a question. First, as far as Ford's concerned, my opinion is it's just follow the dollars. I mean, as long as you know gas is cheap uh, and there's a ton of profit in trucks and SUVs, that's the way they're going. And I think with the current administration in place, uh, gas will probably, although it's raised, gone up a little bit now. I think it's going to be fairly stable because we can, you know, we're uh, an oil-producing leader in the world right now. So I don't think they have that worry. And plus the new six-cylinder engines maybe give them more economy. But you're right. I go up to the dump once a week here. And as I go to the line for the recycling, you know, 99% of the cars are an SUV mm-hmm. going up down the line. So certainly that seems to be the, the trend moment. But I think it all goes back to more money. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You know, and, and, they've, and they've readily admitted they make a whole lot more money selling an expedition than they do selling a Taurus. Absolutely. Yeah. My question, my question was: Have you ever looked at or looked at any of the new Genesis models, like the G ninety or the the D eighty? I'm looking. My problem is that I I I want to get another. I wanted to buy another LS Lexus mm-hmm. used, but you can't find them. Mm-hmm. You just can't find them. Yep. They don't build another. But it looks like there's some great deals on this G ninety, which looks like a hell of a car. It is the G ninety. The G ninety is a really really nice car. Um, you know, and one of the reasons they called it Genesis instead of Hyundai, because nobody wanted to buy it when it was a Hyundai. Right, you know, right. when they called it a Hyundai Genesis, it was like, eh. But the the 80 was the old Equus. The 90 is uh, the more luxurious car. And the 90, the 90 competes, in my opinion, head-to-head, right, with like a Volvo S90. It, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a nice car. In fact... Um, the Kia equivalent is the K900, and right. uh, the uh, the fellow who used to own this radio station years ago traded in his Maserati for one. Oh, okay. And he was starting his Maserati was a couple years old. He was starting it was going out of warranty. He was starting to have some problems with it. He just happened to see this, you know, big Kia, and he kind of looked at it and said. And I, I, I had never met him before. I met him out here at the 50th anniversary party. And he said, I bet I'm the only one who's ever traded in a Maserati for a Kia. And when I was, um, when I was shopping, doing my little car shopping yesterday, uh, not every Hyundai dealer is a Genesis dealer. Right. Um, but they happen to have, you know, I just said something. They had a used G80 in the showroom, and I think they had a G90 out used in the lot. And... Uh, they're they're awful nice cars. They did a really nice job with them. And the uh, Kia Stinger, which is kind of Kia's uh, performance car right now, that's going to be that's going to come out as a um, the Hyundai equivalent. It's going to I think it's going to be the G70. So uh, Hyundai's Hyundai's um, you know they copy a lot of stuff and they look they look towards some good people to do their engineering. Um, you know they 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 I think in the Genesis, uh, some of the work was done by Lotus and some of it was done by Porsche. Yeah, yeah. I've I read up on it. Yeah, and, I, and they, they, I noticed they have a, those V8s and V6s. Uh, you know, which do you like? Do you rather have the turbocharged 
twin turbocharged V6 or the V or normally aspirated V8. Which would you be know, I, I'm an old guy, so I kind of like the V8. But I got to tell you, yeah. the the V6, if you're driving with your foot to the floor all the time, you know, you know, the concern is, will the V6 wear out? You know, because yeah. it's making, you know, in some cases, 400 horsepower. Is it going to wear out if you're if you're it's making that much horsepower and that much small displacement. Most of the time, you're not driving it that way. Most of the time, you're using no. 15 or 20 horsepower to do 60 miles, to maintain 60 miles an hour. Um, but I just, there, there is something sort of rewarding about the feel of a V8 engine. It just feels different than, um, than a V6. And I, I happen to be driving a car today that's a 400 horsepower V6 engine. It's a rocket, but does it feel like a 400 horsepower V8? Not quite. So yeah. there's something about a V8 that just to me is appealing. Um, but the V6s do as good a job. And even the even the four cylinders today. I was looking at the, you know the the four cylinder engine that's in the Hyundai Santa Fe now. It makes 10 more horsepower than the four than the six cylinder engine that's in my own car. And it's like wow. yeah. So. It, it makes it differently. It's the the torque characteristics are a little bit differently, but um, it's it's almost it's almost you know what you want. I mean, you go out and buy you go out and buy a you know a, a an, an Audi. You know, almost all of them are going to be V6 turbos. You know, and you go out and buy a BMW. You know, even BMW, which was sort of the you know the holdout for non-turbocharging cars. You know, we're starting to see turbos and all of those now because they finally figured out how to do it right. And, yeah. but you know, like I said, part of me, part of me says there's nothing like a V8. And then I hit myself, yeah. then I hit myself in the head. In the head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think about yeah. It. yeah, it's just a lot more moving parts. Yeah. And that's the way. Yeah. And, and if you talk about the Genesis, I've been researching it. It looks like they got a hundred thousand mile powertrain out the supercharge. I mean, if the, if the, uh, Turbo is a part of that powertrain. I mean, you got a warranty to 100,000 miles. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good warranty. And what the one thing Genesis is trying to do, and they're trying to, and why it's a separate division now, they're trying to treat their customers different than maybe some of the Hyundai dealers are treating their customers. I, I would think they'd yeah. have to. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go and lay $75,000 yeah. yeah. on a car. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I remember when Lexus first came out, and they the Lexus Lexus office in New Jersey, and, and you know, let's face it, you know all the Toyota dealers wanted to become Lexus dealers, but they had to send them to school, and they had to yep. say, you know, you're appealing to a premium customer. You have to treat them differently. Your showrooms have to be different. Your waiting areas have to be different because you need to have workspaces. You need to have if people are going to wait, they need to wait and be comfortable and be able to get stuff done. And you need to think about courtesy cars where you wouldn't for a Camry, but you need to for the LS customer. So, um, yeah. you know, it's just one way. It's just one way to look at you know look at things differently, and that's what Genesis is trying to do. Um, and if you know they have a separate marketing team, they have a separate PR team, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what what happens. But I I you know there there are people who say ah, you know I, I don't know if I can still I still know what it is, but that's you know same thing with Infinity. You know people people think of you know if you th you know think about Nissan, you really think about Datsun, and you're like yeah. oh, well it's an Infinity. Well well it's a Datsun still yeah. you know and yeah. uh, and and Infinity's an awfully nice car so. Yeah. yeah, I know it's a local dealer, a prime Hyundai down here in, in Rockland. Yep, right down by your old office. Yep. Actually. yep. 
I mean, they, they're, they're building a building right next to it. I wonder if that's going to be a Genesis. I, I wouldn't. Right I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, that's where I yeah. went. That's where I went car shopping yesterday. I forgot. I yeah. forgot to ask. It was the end of the day. I yeah. was getting kind of getting kind of tired, and I'm like, and I forgot to ask. And I, it's definitely their building because they have. Uh, they they were. Uh, they, they were walking back and forth between the two buildings, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if something. Yeah. It would make sense. Yeah, sure it would be. All right. Thank you very much for taking right. my phone Take call. Take care, Mike. Yep, bye-bye. All right. Let's talk to our buddy Robert in Tingsboro, if he's still there. Robert, is that you? Yes, I'm here, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm not too bad. I was going to get earlier so I could discuss that Ford fiasco, but a few people have already uh, yeah. beaten me, yeah. too. So well, uh, apparently, apparently by the word fiasco, you don't think it's a great idea either. Uh, no, no, definitely. I mean, keep the tourists. Maybe you know some of the smaller lines possibly do away with them, but you know, it, you know, you know the fusion. The, you know, they did so much work with the fusion. They used a designer from Aston Martin. That's why it had such a great style to the last generation fusion. Yeah. And um, you know, Dennis had one. He liked it. He liked it a lot. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'd still have nice it if it wasn't yeah. for my wife. Yeah. So I'm um, still upset at Ford for getting rid of the Mercury. Well. And that's what that's well, and it's kind of funny. It's um, you look at you look at what when I was when I was a kid, I remember a, a, somebody I know bought a Mercury, and I said, "Why'd you buy a Mercury instead of a Ford?" And he's like, "I just have the impression they're screwed together better." And yeah. whether it was true or not, I'm not sure. I mean, we always used to we always used to joke the difference between a, a Chevrolet truck and a GMC truck was, you know, on the GMC truck they used lock washers to hold the nuts and bolts together, on the Chevrolets they didn't. Um, was there any real is there is there any real difference between a Chevrolet and a GMC? Not not a lot. I know on the big uh, Chevy Suburban. Now I'm dating myself. This probably goes back ten or more years. Um, the difference between the GMC version of a Suburban, the Yukon XL or whatever they call it, and the, and the Chevy Suburban, back 10 or 15 years ago, it was only half a dozen part numbers. So they were truly identical vehicles with the exception of trim. And now GMC has tried to, you know, they call them professional grade, and you can get it with the Denali trim, so it's very luxurious. Uh, but it's only as, but it's still... Sort of a Chevrolet underneath, no matter what you say. I happen to like the style of the GMC better. I think the GMC is a better-looking truck than the Chevrolet. But the same thing. It's like, did they really need Mercury and Ford if the cars used the same engines and transmissions? And maybe the Mercury had more insulation in them. Uh, but the idea to do away with the Fusion, to do away with the Focus, to do away with the Fiesta... Um, there's still a market for small cars. And, yeah, exactly. um, you know, people want to buy, still people want to buy a Fiesta and still people want to buy Focuses. Um, you know, although in, in you know, what the, the Focus has not been a t terrific car with the new transmissions they put in them, but, uh, but still, um, you know, could they fix that? And they still, you know, they still sell them. I mean, you know, uh, Toyota hasn't stopped selling Corollas and Camrys, and uh, I think all it's really going to do for the people that want to go out and, and and buy a sedan, it's just going to force them someplace else. And a lot of people buy, a lot of people buy Fords because they think Ford and Ford American, and they're going to say, you know what, maybe I am going to go buy this um, Honda made in Ohio or this, you know, Toyota made in 
wherever they make Toyotas. Uh, it's kind of interesting. The GMC truck I drove last week, beautiful GMC Sierra Denali truck. I opened the door and it says, a product of Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my truck is from Mexico. Yeah. The Dodge yeah. Ram. Yeah. Uh, no. But getting back to the Mercury or the GMC, back in the 50s, the Mercury was quite different from the yeah, Ford. Oh, there was yeah. no interchangeable yeah. parts. Whether they were built a little slower, well, maybe. That doesn't mean they were any better quality. The same with the GMC truck. I used to borrow a guy's uh, half-ton GMC, and it was like a three-quarter ton truck almost. Mm. It, it, Chevy. Yeah. It, you know, I just know from working on them, you know, they use the same brakes. They use the same ball joints. They use the right. same, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. all, all, all the parts were interchangeable between between them all but what was what i think was the downfall for oldsmobile and pontiac was when you the first time someone opened the hood of an oldsmobile or a buick and there was a and the distributor was in the back and you knew it was a chevy engine that's what i think was the downfall and that's when gm said no no we're we're uh, the cars are different we're just sharing power plants and i think people said no they're not the same because i remember talking to an old time mechanic who claimed that you know you could blindfold them and take them for a ride and he could tell the difference between a buick and a pontiac just by the way it rode and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 they were and, definitely different yeah. you know, and ford did that earlier yeah. you know, oh, they sure. yeah. put all the same engines and they yeah. used to have different ones but yeah it's probably expensive having foundries for different type of engine blocks and heads and all that so, oh sure yep yeah yeah no absolutely but uh, like I said, the Genesis and that Stinger, I mean, those are new sedans coming out. Those, those, and, those and are the, awesome cars. And now. the Genesis, the Genesis is an awful nice car. The the uh, G80, which which is the Equus, uh, um, that that is just, that was a phenomenal car when I drove it when it came out as the Equus. And the Kia Stinger, I... The only my only gripe with the Stinger is it rode a little bit too stiff. I think they still need to work on that. But as far as the handling was great, the braking was good, the performance on the GT2 was so good. I mean, it was a it's a turbo twin turbocharged V6, but it was really yeah. good. The only thing, the only other thing I question about the Stinger is it's a hatchback, and in America we don't like hatchbacks, and I love hatchbacks. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, I think they make sense. Yeah, yeah. You kind yeah. of have a wagon with a sedan look to it. But, yeah, uh, no, yeah, no. I saw that Stinger on a, a YouTube video. I was like, wow, that yeah. thing is nice. And, 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 and even the inside, things like they really even thought through, like, the lighting inside the car. It was just a well, well-thought-out car. They did a real nice job with it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, have a good day. Hey, man. Robert, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is our number. Phone lines are open if you were trying to get through. Uh, why don't we take a break and what, get caught up with what there is to be caught up about? I think it's a good time. You're listening to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950, WROL, The Spirit of Boston. <laughs>
And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boss. I was saying to Dennis, I feel a little off today. It's like I, I misplaced some stuff when I came in. I just feel, so I apologize if things are a little bit weird today, but I don't know. Let's talk to Len and Bill Rico. Let's see. Push that button first and that one. Dennis got it right. <laughs> no no clicking noise. All right, Len, how are you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing well. Stop raining. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts of the uh, Chevy for Paris, uh, those SUV in the GM line. Yeah, I'm the the new. I haven't driven the new one. Um, the old one, I was a little disappointed in, only because of um, engine performance. It just seemed like it just didn't have enough power to it. It's a pretty heavy car, and the and the engine just didn't yeah. seem like it was quite enough. But inside room, uh, practical practical vehicle inside, uh, decent room inside of it. The third row seat. Uh, the flip up and fold second row seats pretty easy to get into. Quality wise, um, are you looking new or used? Used. Used. Yeah, quality wise has been okay. They have had some problems with intermittent airbag issues and some in- intermittent anti-lock brake issues, but engine and transmission have been holding together pretty well. So, okay. um, yeah, I would just uh, you know kind of kind of look around, make sure you get a good one. That's about all I can yeah. say. But but yeah. I think as far as ride comfort, they ride pretty well. Um, Decent fuel economy for for an SUV, so you know it's certainly worth taking a look at. Yeah, I will. Okay, and the Fords, uh, the uh, uh, what's the one below the uh, uh, the the XR, the uh, Explorer. Explorer. Uh, well, I mean, then you're looking at maybe like a Ford uh, uh, Ford Edge. The Edge. Yeah. Yeah, That's I happen to like the Edge a lot. Um, Quality wise, I'm not sure how well it's doing, but I like the practicality of it. I like the size of it. Um, the 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 edge is one of those vehicles that's sort of a tweener. It's not yeah. it's not as big as the Explorer. It's not as trucky as the Explorer. It it to me is to me it's kind of a station wagon. But I like the idea of it. I think uh, I think for somebody who's looking for uh, a decent vehicle, um, somebody who shares your same same name, Len Wennerberg, who used to work here, had one, had horrible luck with it traded in for a Kia Sorento and apparently has been happy ever since. So, um, but it depends what year it is and, you know, what you're looking at. Ah, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Let's see. Dennis had like 14 questions. I had two questions. All right. The uh, first one is last week I had to do something that I haven't done in a long, long time. And I don't know if I did it right. And I just lucked out jumping a car. Yeah. I can't remember. Is it positive to positive or is it positive or negative or is it negative negative first how are you supposed to do it i know now they have the little the charger things that you can use but i went i had to go old school because old that's school what I had. old school jumper cables yes uh plus to plus minus to metal okay that's all you minus need to, know. to metal minus to metal okay minus that's the best metal. thing to do but no you should do positive cable on the good car yep to positive, positive cable, cable on, on the, the dead bad. car okay i knew that negative cable on the good car to take the black cable or negative cable, whatever it is, and then not attach it directly to the battery. 99% of the time people do that. But if there's something else, like a big chunk of metal somewhere. Okay. So what can happen is as a battery starts to go dead, it actually produces hydrogen gas. And if there's something on in the car, so the person's battery, the battery went dead because they left the headlights on and you go to hook the cables on. And when you do that, it makes a spark. Yep. Then you have a mini Hindenburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, 
So that's why if you make the spark and the spark is 18 inches away from the battery, there's going to be no hydrogen gas, so you don't have to have anything to worry about. So so plus to plus minus to metal is sort of, and then you disconnect it the same way. So okay. disconnect the negative, negative, and yeah. So um, where the mistake happens sometimes is not, and you know, it's sort of red to red, black, black to, to black. black. The problem is not every battery has red and black cables anymore. Yep. Sometimes you see blue. Yeah, you just have to know which one is the yeah. positive. Which yeah, one is the and negative. there'll be a little plus, mi yeah. there'll be a plus and a minus. So, you know, plus to plus, minus to minus. Um, but best always if you can go to a piece of metal. Sometimes you'll even see some cars, they'll actually have a jump start post. So there'll be this little post sticking up. Yep, that's what yep. I was looking for yep. too because it was, yep. um, it was from my car, my SUV, yep. to... Um, uh, 2007 or something like that Altima yep. um, and there was no charging post yep. so I'm like oh okay so let's do this old yep. like real yep. old school Yep. no I you know like I said 99% of the time whenever I've jump started a car um, I make sure everything's off and then do I go I go right to the battery usually um, it's, it's but the but the safe way is to a piece of metal, to a jump start post, something like that. Yeah. Um, the little small battery jump start things that are lithium ion batteries, I have one in each car. Um, they work pretty well. I have some concerns how they can get that much amperage out of a little teeny tiny battery. And we did some testing at work with them, and we eventually actually kind of damaged something with it. We, um, we have an old test car that we use that we play around with it's an old ranger pickup truck that used to be one of our road service cars and we goofed around with it long enough where we actually got the speedometer to start to bounce up and down by itself and the only reason we think that happened was because of the jump start so um but no the jump start packs uh some of our you know the rather than carrying around a 40 or 50 pound jump start pack uh these things these things work pretty well uh someone sent me and i gave it to our guys in road service a jump start pack that doesn't actually use a battery it uses a big capacitor so big giant capacitor that stores energy and what happens is when you jump start a car it uses all the stored up energy in the capacitor and then once the car's running it refills the capacitor with energy so you jump start the car you let it run for a minute you disconnect it it's all charged up and ready to go for the next time and they claim you can do like a couple of jump starts and every time but every time you jump start the car it kind of replenishes a little bit um the problem is we buy a professional jump start pack it's probably 350 dollars. it's got a battery in it that is the same kind of battery you use for like emergency lighting and the batteries are 100 bucks to replace them so we can buy the thing replace the battery after a couple of years for 100 dollars. this jump start pack i think was more money you start off with, and there's nothing to replace in it, but when it breaks, you kind of have to throw it away. And plus, the, it was a little heavier, and it was a little awkward. The cables weren't as good. Um, but the lithium ones, like I said, I have one in each car. So, But do I still have a pair of jumper cables? Yep. Just, Just in, in case. case. Just in case. So I did it right. I did positive to positive. Neg I did negative to negative. I didn't That's fine. That That's fine. But uh, kind of the little rhyme is plus to plus minus to metal. Okay. Plus to plus minus metal. So yeah. I'm because I know I have to do it again to the other car they have down the Oh, street. okay. So, so that's like uh, yeah. I gotta make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah. 
Um, my next question, because mm -hmm. now I'm in year two of year three on my lease. We went into it saying that um, we were thinking of, well, because it's a Star Wars one, keeping it for it until I can keep it. So buying out, buying the, a lease. Until the next movie comes out? Well, the next movie comes out in May, and then there's another one next May, and then... What's the one coming out in May? The, this, the one coming out in May is Han Solo's story before he met up with Luke and Leia and all them. How we oh, met oh, Chewbacca. Yeah, I heard, I heard, I heard uh, what's his name? Who was the original Han Solo? Harrison Ford. Yeah, somebody said, hey, you going to go see the new movie? And he goes, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a sour, sour, sour man. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so... My question is, do, uh, do you ever think it's worth buying out a lease? If you like the car, yes. Okay. Um, normally, you're going to buy it at almost wholesale price, so you're going to get a good price on it. If you've taken care of it and it's been a good car and you can find no reason not to keep it, yeah, you can. You know, it might cost you. You know, pick a number: fifteen thousand dollars to buy it. They said they said um, it's guaranteed to be worth X amount of dollars when yep. I bought it. So yep. that's as long as I keep up the maintenance yep. and yeah. So I go to them to keep up yep, the maintenance. Yep. I know that you don't have to, yep. but in my no. mind, it just makes... Now, very seldomly do people ever make money on a lease. Uh, the one that I can think of when um, when they first started to lease Miatas, um, they all of a sudden got so popular that people people bought them at the end of the lease because they were buying them for whatever, $10,000, and they were worth fifteen. And the deal, the, back then they couldn't calculate quite as quick, mm -hmm. but you know what it's going to be worth the day you started to lease it. So at the end of the lease, you know, you can buy it for X amount of dollars. You look around and you go, well, if I can buy it for $15,000 and I look out on the lot and every other 2017 Rogue is selling for $19,000, well, it makes sense to buy it. If you look around and you go, every other Rogue is selling for $12,000, it doesn't make sense. Okay. So. Yeah, if you've had good luck with it, no issues with it. No, makes, I I, makes, I really enjoy makes, it. Makes sense to do it. I just wish the backup camera was the the not the backup camera, but you know what I mean. Yeah, the display. The display. I wish I had this year's version because it's a little it's bigger. bigger. Yeah, yeah. Well, only because you said Star Wars, and this has nothing to do with Star Wars, <laughs> but it does have to do with sci-fi. The new Lost in Space. I haven't seen one haven't second seen of it. it. I gotta no? watch that. I gotta get there. I still have to watch season two of. Of Stranger Things. Yeah, see, I haven't. I'm, see, I'm, I'm limited on my TV viewing, but uh, but uh, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked the new Star Wars. You mean Lost? I in mean space? Lost in Space, rather. Um, I gotta see that. Yeah. Yep. And it's not it's not as cartoonish, and the special effects and stuff look really good. So, um, yeah, the robot is scary. Yeah, I saw that. Dang, yeah. It's, yeah. it's completely different. Yeah. It, Completely and, different, and, and he may have killed everybody. Yeah. Okay. In a past life, not in now. A past life. In yeah. a past life. And Doctor Smith is a woman. That's not. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. And and the the women are the women are all the the strong characters in the program. That's yeah. the trend in, in in entertainment yeah. today. Yeah. Which exactly. is not a bad thing. Exactly. Anyway, just wonder if you're sorry. Okay. That's all. No. Nope. Yeah. Gotta see it. Gotta see I, it. I know you're. I know you're a sci-fi guy. Yep. And what did you just see? What did you just see the uh, last I night? I saw Avengers last night. Yeah. Spectacular, spectacular movie. I'm not giving anything away by saying it is the one of the most emotional, heartwarming, heart-wrenching and complex superhero movies of all time and it is You know it's based you know it's based on comic books, right? I understand it's based on comic books, but Heart-wrenching, emotional? Yes. yes. Comic books. They're comic yes. books. It's it 
like what happens, especially towards the end of that can, movie. Can we well, call them graphic novels? Is that what you? Well, graphic it? novels. Graphic novels are typically just a bunch a ser like when they have a special run of a series of yeah. comics okay just all put together oh, so that, that you don't have to buy each individual oh, one. okay that's a graphic novel okay in most cases yeah. there are special yeah. graphic novels how was iron man iron yeah. man was iron man iron man yeah yeah i like iron man spider man was awesome really um yeah black panther was great um every 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 superhero that has been in, involved and there was a couple of cameos that will blow your mind really all right. Okay. Maybe I'll have to see it in a year when it's on regular TV. <laughs> on the small screen. Nope. Uh, nope. Got to see this on the big screen. Yeah, Got to see it yeah. on the big screen. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting story. It says, Florida dealership cafes taste like success. When Morgan Auto Group purchased uh, Brandon Honda in Tampa, Florida in 2007, investing in a full-service cafe was a success, so much that in 2016, the group bought Sun Toyota in Holiday, Florida, and uh, allocated space for another one under the guidance of a recent hire, Chef Earl Weiss, a graduate of the prestigious Culinary Institute of America, or the CIA. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, the cafes at both locations, he'll, he'll oversee the cafes at both locations. Um, but John Marazzi, uh, managing partner in both locations, said profits were never the point. We look at... We look at it as a retention and customer satisfaction tool. Uh, they told Automotive News, if we see that we're becoming more profitable, we can literally lower prices and increase quality, increase the number we serve. Indeed, the, the cafes have been a draw at the stores. Customers and employees have been known to order food to take home. That tells you something. If the, the food at the dealership is worth taking home at the end of the night, <laughs> it hasn't been where I've been. Uh, Sun Toyota gross profit is fixed operation has grown 100% to $1.1 million, and the new vehicle sales increased an average of 21% since coming under Morgan's Auto's ownership. I don't know if it can all be attributed to the cafes, but it's definitely been a help. They have varied menus. Uh, they serve around 300 people daily. Most of the 175 employees and 200 dealership service and sales customers, in addition to Weiss, the cafes operate with four workers at the Brandon Honda and five at the Toyota dealership. The meals are varied and range from exotic to health conscious. I think it would be a good good idea if people just uh, people just arranged their you know did that and actually had healthy food and food people wanted to eat and makes the whole idea of being at the dealership, especially if you're waiting for something. Oh, or have happy hours. My wife pointed out. So probably, probably so your not. wife is advocating for a car dealership. To, to have serve. alcohol. Yes. Um, typically, well, that does not mix well. And uh, in a casino, maybe. <laughs> um, but at a car dealership, I suppose if you're thinking about buying and you're not quite sure, maybe that couple of drinks would put you. But on the other hand, and if things weren't going well, I don't think I'd want to deal well, with customers that have had a couple. And let's, couple, not, let's not forget the obvious about the drinking and driving. Yeah, thing. I, was, I don't think I was, car uh, dealerships yep. want to be involved in that at all. No, I think they need to have a breathalyzer at the door. <laughs> so, you know, if you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was what, what the new Wegmans that just opened in Natick apparently has a full, has a, has a. Tequila bar at it. See? Well, hey. The Randolph uh, movie theater. Randolph movie theater, yeah. 
Hey, you know, who's talking in the background there? Who's, who is that? Hey, are these new microphones? No, I don't think so. These look brand spanking new. No, I th- maybe they're just polishing them. Hey, the the, the lost. I really I, I I loved Lost in Space growing up. So I re- that's one sci-fi movie I really want to say. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's a, it's an inter- it's an interesting take on. It. So you're here hanging around with uh, and Professor Paul Sullivan. It's his wedding anniversary. Yeah, this is a, the time where I love to cover for the guys. This is for a good thing with all the stuff that Paul and Claire have gone through the last year and trying to get well. Their kids actually bought them a vacation to Florida. So Paul and Claire are down there celebrating their 36th wedding anniversary. Also, and just a mental note to myself, it was either the week after or the week before Paul got married that he started here. So it's his 36th year wow. playing the Irish tunes as well. So, uh, Paul, Claire, if you're out there uh, on the beach having a couple of pina coladas, pina coladas and a pint glass, I know might, it's might, noon might somewhere. Be, might, might, be, might, be a little early, might be a little early. but uh, It's noon but, somewhere. So. But, but they're probably enjoying a lovely brunch somewhere. Yes, that, that would, so, be, that would yeah. be very delightful. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, uh, so no, congr- congratulations and congratulations to them for their wedding anniversary. Congratulations to Paul for all he does and uh, and and so what do you got going on? You you got yeah. big shoes to fill. Always, I'm going to tell yeah. you something. I just when I leave here after filming with Paul, I go because Paul's the first one I listened to like 30 years ago. So like I just when I leave here, I'm just like in awe. Like I'm I'm still like a fan. So yeah, so yeah. How no. is this possible that I'm covering for Paul Sullivan? Yeah. So it's and, all cool. And, and that and that's what Johnny Costello every, when mm. he came in, he said, "This is a dream. This is yeah. you know I've been listening to the station forever. So it's it's all good stuff. And you're all decked out in I know, bad, all my Irish you know, gob on too, today. Too, too bad we don't. We got to figure out how to make the camera work. Well, I may go live today. I, yeah. I may go Facebook you know, you know live. How to, so. You know how to do that? Well, I I could use my phone. Oh, I thought yeah, but the station's got to do it too. So yeah, they just keep that to make sure John. Costello and I don't do anything stupid or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. keep yeah, the keep the Guinness to a minimum. Yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wish. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna let you go. We're gonna wish uh, Mr. and Mrs. Sullivan a happy anniversary and enjoying the the nice weather in Florida. And uh, and uh, I think I think the Irish music is in great hands. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you.